1: Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to this very special World Cricket Show Review of the Year special. My name is Adam Bayfield and this week I'm joined in the studio by not one but two other people. The first is Tony Kerr. Evening, Merry Christmas But that's boring Happy New Year We're also joined this week by London correspondent Gordon McRae Happy Christmas, Adam Nice to have you here, Gordon It's good to be here, Adam Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we were saying, is this uh, the first time that you've been in the studio with us? Because uh, we've had you on uh, crackly phone lines Yes uh, From time to time but...
2: I've never actually been in scene where the magic happens
1: Yeah, well, because of course you're, yeah. you're with us in actual life in Guernsey Not in London No Not in London now, Gordon all the time since you've been back, every time I've seen you at the pub and stuff, you're just chatting about London, you're just chatting to people about London. Just go, oh, oh, I live in London. Where well, is where I live? Oh, I've been shopping so... on Oxford Road. <laughs>
2: Um, I was actually saying to, I think it was maybe Tony on the way, and I think I've been on the show for longer than I've actually watched cricket this year. So, <laughs> coming through an you've of, been on the show once, maybe once for about ten <laughs> well, minutes.
1: Yeah, is it maybe you could just leave? I think. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm that's glad spring. we've got you here. So, <laughs> yeah, really
1: going to be able to, um, particularly for the review of the year, where we're going to be talking about everything that's happened in the last twelve months.
2: Well, I feel like I'll be bringing some sort of fresh insight because I won't have watched anything, so I'm coming in with no preconceptions. <laughs> No, sort of. Is <laughs> is Alastair Cook going anywhere? Is is Kevin Peterson still? I don't even know Kevin Peterson still playing <laughs> cricket.
0: Everything we everything that's revealed in this next hour will be of a complete exactly kind of fresh. It's like a child on uh, like his first
1: Christmas. I'm looking forward to some of your questions. How's Alex Stewart got on this year? What's his average <laughs> been? Robert Croft is he still Alex is he still twirling away? <laughs> Alex Tudor. <G-day. laughs> oh Christ! Uh, if uh, if the three of us sound a bit tired, uh, it's because we've been we've been playing football today, haven't we? With the lads. It's a lot of that, just a lot of hanging out with the lads. just Ladding like, about. Ladding around. Don't, yeah. No, there's been no ladding around. <laughs> Why are you nervous
0: about the idea of ladding <laughs> around? No, because I just, I think, no, no because, one likes Because no nervous it, that we're going no sort of to tre- delve into exploits, I, I mean, you you always, evening exploits. Delve into that, but I'm just saying, I think the word lad, though, is, has died, hasn't it? Arguably it died in the 90s, but... Ooh, you can, I mean, you can't move on Facebook now for someone liking lad Bible or something, or like uni lad it's all that, isn't it? Loaded,
1: and yeah, I, don't, uh, I don't. think we should
0: be associating ourselves with that, Zoe. Ball. Cricket lad.
1: Well, that's. What, I think that's how the listeners see us. It's just the, you know, just some massive lads uh, <laughs> that talk about
0: cricket. <laughs> Tom, Am I right? Can we? Can we? Well, this might be my last podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we could get rebrand ourselves then as yeah, Lords lads. <laughs> lad around with the world cricket show. <laughs> that's our new slogan. Just, it'd be just photos of us. Just ladding ladding about. (laughs) If that's even an an expression. Traffic cones on your head. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's been a hectic schedule, hasn't it, every Christmas of... Ladding around. Yeah, (laughs) laddy, loutish behaviour and stuff. Uh, And then, of course, there was that extra bonus Christmas present of a T20 to watch on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah, that was weird. My mum loved that. (laughs) (laughs) That was slightly bizarre because, like, Christmas Day is this really weird, like, bubble where it seems like nothing is happening except for Christmas, and then when there was a, a twenty twenty game on that I flicked over to, just like well this feels like any other day of the yeah, year.
0: This, yeah, it feels like one of the other cricket matches that happens constantly. Good <laughs> yeah.
1: match. Pakistan won that one, didn't they? They did. Did everyone have a good Christmas day?
0: Uh yeah, I had a, a thriller of a Christmas. <laughs> you had a thriller. Yeah, just, that's not a word people you're so, use. So exciting! That you didn't eat your thriller. turkey till Friday. No, oh, no, I did have turkey oh, okay. on Christmas Day, but then there was a second secondary turkey. That was second turkey. third.
2: Second bird, two turkeys in one. could you do that? Turkey and turkey, like a tadukan.
0: <laughs> a to turkey, two a turkey. Yeah, it was a big turkey. It kind of did resemble the car- what I'd imagine the carcass of big bird to look like. It was that big. <laughs> one for well, the that's, kids. That's slightly traumatized <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you get anything good? Did I get anything good? No. No. <laughs>
1: you look really annoyed. Didn't get anything box, memorable. It, box set, yeah. Box set or the
2: Wire season two. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good present.
1: I've got a real problem uh, with the fact that I'm now so self-conscious about opening presents. Like, I'm so aware of my own reaction when I'm opening presents that even if it is something that I genuinely really like... I'm so aware of the need to look like I like it. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> great. Okay, I really wanted that. <laughs> yeah. And then they sort of look slightly disappointed at my reaction. I'm like, no, I, I genuinely do really want this and I have to spend about half an hour trying to convince them. Backtracking. Yeah. But, but I think you've so, got to... It's horrible. I've just did like a... Bag of anxieties every time I've got to open a present. Well, you have to spend the
2: next half an hour playing with the present, then don't you? will <laughs> be like, "Oh, this book, this it's great!" <laughs> Just start reading it now. Just kind of rearranging the stack of books. Like yeah. <laughs> this toy fire engine, I love it. <laughs> Let's get that DVD on now.
1: I did get some. Uh, I did get a lot of Thunderbirds-related presents. For people aren't aware Thunderbirds as a children's television program in Britain that was, it was amazing. absolutely traumatizing. Then the old Jerry. Yeah, it was weird. The guy that created thunderbirds died on boxing day after i'd had a christmas day that revolved almost exclusively around thunderbirds
2: i feel like that's a part of our childhood like that's how we first me and adam first bonded was over me and mccray toys. would not
1: be friends if it wasn't it for Thunderbirds. Wasn't but still st- now that's the only thing that we talk it about binds us together. You know, when i was a kid i was obsessed with thunderbirds i watched it yeah, like a, it was my job and then if i wasn't watching it i was just like playing with the toys and stuff it was amazing and i got some jigsaw puzzles and uh did adam you ever broke. make uh, tracy island uh, I did make Tracy Island,
0: yeah. did you? There was that thing, that series they had on uh, recently, like a hundred and, was it like a thousand objects that defined humanity or something? That, was, that <laughs> no, <it> wasn't <laughs> the title. But if you had like ten, 10 I'm going to put this together, I think, next year. Okay. Ten things that defined my life. Tracy Island is definitely one of them. Yeah. That's a good two or three years of my life. <laughs> what I was, was spent it?
2: Thinking just about Tracy Island.
1: <laughs> playing with and thinking about yeah. Tracy Island. Well, because that, in the show, that was where they lived, wasn't it? O- on an island. That also housed their rockets yeah. and airplanes, and they were called kind of like the, the, the Tracy, the Bransons, really. You were in France for
2: Christmas. Cool. It was yeah. How was that? It was good. No internet. No internet. No TV. <laughs> Five days. No, just switch probably... the Blackberry off. Get away from it all. For yeah, me. get away from the office. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just constantly getting emails about the podcast. Are you going to be available for the podcast? What time can you do the podcast?
2: Uh, yeah, no, I had a cracking, cracking Christmas in for very French. French they don't really go in for Christmas. No, so
1: they they uh... Uh, in France they call it Noël. Yeah. You didn't uh, know that. Le Grand
2: Awakening. So they do all their Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. I didn't realise this. Okay, they, they don't do anything until, until like 4pm on Christmas Eve and then they do all their shopping and they go to sleep and then they wake up at midnight and have a huge meal from midnight to like 4 or 5, like 16 courses and different wines. And then they fall asleep and get up at like midday, have a little bit of Christmas.
0: I'm moving to France, that sounds really fun. <laughs> uh, the the uh, pub on Christmas Eve, the French kind of landlord going mental. So he obviously enjoyed he was French and he enjoyed it. Yeah. He loved Christmas uh, Eve. He was on he was on
1: fire. Yeah. Not literally. <laughs> almost literally at one point he was doused in enough alcohol yeah. that you set him alive.
0: Booze around like it was Christmas Eve. Did you go over on the boat?
1: Yeah. Was it rough? Forensic <laughs> examination rough.
0: of a crazy trip to France. <laughs> yeah. Well we've got him in. Do, we do, might do. as well. he's
1: already yeah. said he doesn't know anything about cricket, so we might as well <laughs> talk to him about, to him about the boat journey uh, yeah was, wild weather at the moment, isn't it? It's
2: always the question, isn't it, when you when you come to Guernsey, when you leave Guernsey, it's like how was the trip? It's was good. <laughs> See anyone you know? No. Well, thank
1: God. <laughs> well, it was really thank rough, God. wasn't
2: it? It, it, was, it was really rough. It was pretty, pretty rumpus, yeah. <laughs> Do you struggle with the old... Do you struggle with... With seasickness? <laughs> no, the trick is you get it's on... It's like an interview. You get on it's the boat. Frost on, like, Frost... <laughs> and you, n- Nixon, <laughs> Nixon. <laughs> you nail a croque, monsieur. The first 20 minutes you're on the boat, the sails are up.
1: Very stomach. French. But did yes. you threaten to overrule him? <laughs> To be honest, I'm not sure if you'd rather be on a boat or plane at the moment, though, because the, the planes, it must be a hell of a bumpy journey. I'm quite glad I've just been on the ground. When I, when I went over to Edinburgh quite recently, came back, was on the same flight as yeah. you, as listeners might well remember. There were two women in the row in front, and one of them was obviously quite nervous about flying, and that was quite, that was quite evident from uh, when she got on. But then as we were landing, it was really bumpy. Like, it was really windy outside, really, really bumpy. And uh, the woman next to her was like sort of trying to comfort her and going like, it's okay, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be okay. And then yeah, and then suddenly the plane did like a ridiculous dip from side to side and that like people were screaming. There was just this silence from the row in front and then you just had this like it's gonna be okay. It's probably gonna be okay.
2: (laughs) It's probably gonna be fine. I love nervous travellers on planes because it's it's, I mean realistically if something does happen, you probably won't realise it happens that so you'd have gone down too quickly to really to have a reaction to it, especially if you're just coming into that. Well, apart from,
0: like, like, primal fear, I guess.
2: Yeah, but, like, if the plane crashes when you're, like, 50 metres off the runway, it's going to hit and you're going to be dead and you're not really going to have much time <laughs> to think about it. So,
0: do you sort of take these people
2: aside <laughs> when you're on the plane and just explain that to them? them Don't quick quick worry, talk. because
1: you'll <laughs> be if it, dead if the worst does happen, Which it you'll might. be dead anyway. Well, some, a taxi driver once said that to me. Like, he was driving so fast down the motorway, bombing along at, like, 100 miles an hour. And I was in the back, terrified, sort of wrestling with that very British thing of... Should I say something? Should I say something? It's that battle between not wanting to be impolite and offend him, and also not wanting to die. (laughs) And in the end, politeness always wins out. We went through this bit where it was really windy, like, crosswinds were buffeting us about, and we were, like, going all over the road. And he sort of looked in the rearview mirror and said, if we crash, don't worry about getting hurt, because at this speed, we'll definitely die. (laughs) It's like, oh, brilliant. stoicism. Reassuring. Anyway, we should possibly talk about cricket on the World Cricket Show. Uh, What's coming up on the show today is a question that I'm asking, and a review of the year is the answer to that. This is our award-winning annual retrospective on the last 12 to 12 months of cricket action. It's been a busy old year in the cricketing world uh, so we'll be getting right into that you guys excited by that prospect Tony looks like he might be that yawn there <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think it's just, not tired just it's bored just anticipation of the composite 11 uh, <laughs> two composite 11s oh, coming up for you no, I mean that's my favourite part of the year probably
1: so this is great so we've got McRae he's not watching <laughs> any cricket and we've got Kerr who's already yawning <laughs> no, I've got, you I'm guys my... can just sit here quietly if you like well what a year it's been we started off with January, do you remember that? <laughs> then, uh, then we went into February. I really took my well surprise actually, <laughs> January coming at the start. Uh, the clocks went forward, uh, then we had Easter, the summer, the harvest festival, if you all <laughs> remember. Uh, then we had the run up to Christmas, and then Christmas itself. God, it's flown by. Is this ringing bells? Do you remember these events? It's been quite an unusual year in that sense, hasn't it? Uh, but it's been an eventful 12 months in the world of cricket as well. Uh, let's talk first of all about England. Uh, who have had a turbulent year. 2011 ended with them sitting triumphantly at the top of the world rankings, and words like legacy were being bandied about. Um, But they were brought down to earth, very immediately, in fact, with an almighty bump in the UAE, uh, a 3-0 whitewash at the hands of a superb Pakistan team. That was quite a shocking result, uh, but it wasn't the only series defeat of the year. They lost 2-0 at home to South Africa as well, and the Proteas consequently displaced them as the world's number one side. Then defeat in the first test against India in Ahmedabad made it seven defeats out of 12 in test matches in 2012. It looked like it might get even worse. People were beginning to think about a whitewash uh, in that series as well, but then they stunned everybody by turning things around with famous wins in Mumbai and Kolkata to become the first team to come from behind to win in India since the mid-1980s. That's been their year. How would you rate England's year, Tane? Does, does the victory in India atone for what came before? Was that redemption? Can we now just sort of forget about the previous defeats? How, how do you assess yeah. that year? Do you want a score? Do you- what, like a, a grade? grade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, give me a grade. Uh, you say that as though you'd already thought about
0: it. <laughs> I don't know. It could be plus. B Well, I was going to say C plus, maybe. C plus C is C a bit plus. harsh. Yeah. A bit, a bit, a, well, I'm not handing out A's you know, regularly. <laughs> but I'm not sure there was enough. A plus indicates that there was a lot of There was some good effort, I thought. There was effort. Uh nothing to be ashamed of, I wouldn't say. Obviously take the India uh, the India series victory away and the year looks less good. But then yeah, we could say that about a lot of things. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won't I won't say that. I won't make that point. Uh the Pakistan series felt a bit odd. Almost feels like it, it shouldn't count. Yeah, that's yeah, good observation. Well, <laughs> because, well, why are they? No, because because was... I mean, it's, it's, they're, like obviously Pakistan a very good team, and I don't think that was uh, too much of a surprise that they got the better of England. The manner in which it, it, the results unfolded certainly, but also the, the fact that it's in the UAE. I think that was kind of it. it kind my of feels well. like a bit of a. It felt like a bit of a Lions tour. I don't know. Well, for me, I, mean, I, d- I didn't see any of that
1: tour because I was in China. Yeah. So for me, it feels like it didn't really happen. <laughs> we should we just ignore that then? <laughs> so but uh, We but... can sweep that one aside. No, I think uh, it is possible, you're right, to, to look at England's results this year in a slightly different light, which is that... Well, firstly, it's worth pointing out that they've had an incredibly tough sequence of fixtures. I mean, three trips to Asia and a home series against South Africa, it actually doesn't get any more difficult than that in in a sort of 12-month period. And also, if you look at their defeats, they really only got well beaten two or three times. Um, Certainly in the first tests of the series against Pakistan and South Africa, they were hammered there. But then in the other two games in the Emirates, they really ought to have won. They were bowled out for 72 in Abu Dhabi, chasing 140. And then in the third test of that series, they dismissed Pakistan for less than 100 in the first innings. In the second and third tests against South Africa, they went into the final session of the game with realistic hopes of winning. So things could have gone very differently this year. Crucially, they didn't. And maybe the fact that they weren't able to capitalise on those winning positions is the thing that's been so disappointing and so alarming about England's struggles this year. It's not that they've been outplayed all the time and thrashed. It's that maybe they've just kind of lacked that cutting edge, that killer instinct that the great teams of the past have always had. And if you're talking about England as being one of the great teams potentially, then they're clearly still a long way off if they, if they still lack that.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, had you, had you asked me for series predictions at the start of the year for every series, you know, I'd have probably, I'd have probably thought England would have been more competitive uh, against South Africa at home, at least drawing the series, maybe even winning it. And you probably wouldn't have said that they'd get anything out of the India Tour. So, you know, in a, in a way, yeah, things haven't, haven't quite panned out. As maybe you would have thought, but in the end, kind of decent. And in some respects, you know, Cook as captain looks I was say, not really a discovery, is it? But Cook, you know, Cook's captaincy this year—he's been really, the find of
1: the year. That's the I, clip, mean, I mean,
0: yeah, he's really taken people by surprise. I think with his runs as much as anything. Well, what Cook's done this year, obviously the India tour is a big part of that. But what he's done as the captain kind of sets England up. Uh, this England team up for the next half dozen years, maybe even.
1: Yeah, well, very possibly. And and, and in that sense, it it does feel like a bit of a new era. And I think that's why, above everything else, the year has ended on such a positive note. The result in India is fantastic, but also it's been achieved by a brand new captain with some new players coming in, some old players coming back to form. And it feels like the start of something new. So there is a sense that the struggles that they've had this year, you can draw a line under those now and, and maybe move forward. In a positive direction next year.
0: Yeah, I mean the Peterson thing—I don't know what you want to call it. The particle. fact that that's kind of, that seems resolved. Yeah, it's all—it's very positive going into 2013 for England. Lots to look forward to. Yeah, I'm a stuck. big, big, a lot of a lot of Test matches against Australia in the next six to thirteen months. Uh, and Australia, I think, won the most Test matches this year in the calendar year, and they say that's set up to be quite a nice little, nice little mini series with ten, ten Test matches.
1: It's pro- probably worth me pointing out at this point that I'm still getting really confused about the, what year it is. It's very possible that I'll refer to this year just gone by as 2011 and <laughs> next year as 2012, so just ignore me if I do that. Uh, but no, absolutely. I mean, the, the fact that there's back-to-back ashes next year, if England win both of those, then their problems this year will just be wiped from the memory banks, won't they? It can all be seen as part of the learning curve towards that. And it's a massive year for English cricket. 2013. I got that right, didn't I? 2013. It is 2013.
2: Um, We've got back-to-backs against New Zealand as well, right? Yeah. The start the year off. Away and then home. Which isn't an easy... I think you would backing England to win at home, but New Zealand's not an easy place to go to.
1: No, I mean, they've had uh, difficulties in the last couple of years. You definitely put England as favourites mm. there. But it's... I mean, it's never... It was. There's nowhere, with the possible exception of Bangladesh, there's nowhere that you think, oh, that's a, an easy place to go for any side. Probably the conditions will suit England a bit more than some other parts of the world. But yeah, no, absolutely. They shouldn't make the mistake that perhaps they made with Pakistan, Pakistan. You know, of starting to look ahead to um, the challenges beyond it. They, they need to, to win those series against New Zealand. Which players have impressed you most this year? Tough to look beyond Cook, I guess, but...
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Second top run score in tests
1: in the year, in the calendar year. Can't really argue... With him as England's standout, I don't think extraordinary start to his captaincy career as well. I mean, Andrew Strauss hasn't been missed at all, um, and that's a remarkable thing.
0: In many ways, it's kind of the the, the standout performance maybe from the year before and the, the couple of years before have done it again. Anderson with the ball, Swan as well
1: had a, had a very good year. Matt Pryor, Matt Pryor, yeah, exceptional. Often goes under the radar. Although I'm not, well, I don't know. That's mentioned so many times. He's sort of famously forgotten. Famously goes under the radar. Matt Pryor. <laughs> But he's had another incredibly solid year. And in terms of who do you put on the team sheet first, probably Cook the captain, but then then Matt Pryor is just, you know, he's immovable.
2: Is there a, a better wicketkeeper batsman elsewhere in the world, do you
1: reckon? I, d- I don't think there is, no. Not only is there not, but I think he's head and shoulders above any who, of the who's others. Who's the nearest challenger, would you say? Prasanna Wardner maybe, for Sri Lanka. I mean, I mean De Villiers, I guess, is a better batsman than Pryor, but a lot to prove with the gloves still. But yeah, just as a as, as an all rounder, as a complete package, prior, is is a long way ahead of anybody else. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a decent year for you know, something like a, a B plus, B minus, C plus, it's something in that sort of region. It depends on whether we're talking about grades like when we were at school or that grades they get now. You know, when they just sort of hand out like A, a what, stars, a's all, all round A stars for everyone. Am I right? <laughs> am I right? Uh, but yeah, lots of room for improvement. But they're going to be in a pretty good frame of mind going into twenty thirteen. Uh, the team that have replaced them as number one in the world are, of course, South Africa. This year, they've won series away from home in England and Australia without losing a single test match on either of those tours. Hard to argue, therefore, that they don't deserve the test mace at the moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going without defeat is is pretty flawless. I mean, they've, they've had a lot of close test matches, a lot of draws in that.
1: Yeah, and they yeah, could, they could yeah. have lost both of those first two tests Against Australia, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not by distance the best side, are they? They're, but they are, but yeah,
0: well deserving. They've got, they've had some great players have great years, so you can't really.
1: They're definitely getting the job done. They're, they are so difficult to beat, and it's because of that batting lineup. I mean, you know, if you can get through Smith and Ambler at the top of the order, they've still got you know Callis and uh, De Villiers lower down, and the bowling as well. I mean, Stain, Morkel, Flander is potentially one of the great fast bowling attacks. It's a, it's a frightening idea. Certainly, for any of us to have to face them, <laughs> but I think even for Test match batsmen, it's a frightening prospect. Hashim Amla has had an unbelievable year as well. He's just a rock. I think in, the English bowlers must be absolutely sick of the sight of Amla after the summer he had.
0: They really stung England in the summer, didn't they? It was a very disheartening kind of summer of Test
1: cricket in England. I know, fortunately, the country fun. didn't care at all because the Olympics yeah. was- <laughs> It was perfect but- timing in many ways. They've had more encouragement uh, recently. plus e came into the team, played one of the innings of the year on debut in Adelaide to save that game. But as you say, they're not, although they're very difficult to beat, they're not unbeatable. There are weaknesses in that side still. They need to find a proper spinner uh, because Imran Tahir has been abject, really. Uh, and as I said earlier, I'm not sure that um, A.B. de Villiers should be the wicketkeeper long term. But they definitely are the best side in the world at the moment. And they deserve to have that that coveted mace in their possession. Turning to Australia, their year, perhaps quite difficult to assess. They they beat India at home, they beat West Indies away, uh, they've now beaten Sri Lanka at home and actually thrashed them in that Boxing Day test, didn't they? Uh, and generally, I think they've just been much more impressive this year than they have for quite a long time. As you say, they've won the most test matches of any side in the world this year. But the one test match that truly mattered to them, I'd say, um, they lost, which was the third test against South Africa. They lost that series. So as a result entirely of that, Aussie fans might feel a little bit disappointed with their 2012. But do you think that would be a bit of a harsh assessment? This team is definitely going in the right direction, isn't it?
0: I think from an England fan's perspective, uh, I'm still looking forward to, to these two teams matching up because I think England will get the
1: better of them. still looking forward to a comfortable victory. <laughs> in both but, series.
0: but certainly... Certainly, yeah, a very positive year. Yeah, maybe in, in the same way that Cook has done so well. Clark has obviously had an astonishing year. What is it? Bet most double hundreds? Well, no, most, but most runs by an Aussie in a calendar year.
1: Most double hundreds in a calendar Pontin's year. And, and most runs by an Aussie batsman. And I think, is he now second on the list all time behind Mohamed Youssef? Yeah, something, something ridiculous. Or? I mean, I mean astonishingly. Phenomenal, year. yeah. Uh, and that's got to be a massive
0: kind of thing sorted for them because. That, 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 it looked, looked difficult for a while for, for Australia, the, both the form of Clark and also where the, now Ponting's gone, you know, how they were going to replace him. And it looks like Clark can do that job.
1: And there are lots of other encouraging things that have happened this year. Suddenly they look spoiled for choice in the pace bowling department. A couple of years ago, they were turning over rocks in the Outback trying to find <laughs> fast bowlers. But, um, but now, I mean, they've got loads to choose from, to the point that they're picking different <laughs> attacks for each test as rotation. I do think an awful lot depends looking ahead to the Ashes series, depends on um, whether or not they're able to keep their best fast men fit. If the Ashes attack is Siddle, Stark and Pattinson, they've got a great chance. But if it's House, Mitchell Johnson, John Hastings, I'm not sure that Cook and Co are going to be quaking in their boots. So the Aussie physios have probably got a massive year <laughs> ahead of them, I'd say. Same
2: with England though, isn't it, really? England's fitness problems with their fast bowling attack is just
1: as worrying yeah, because people talk about Stephen Finn as, like, well, he's England's main weapon, but yeah, he gets but injured a lot.
0: Yeah, all the time. And broad propensity for dropping out of series halfway through as well. Well, I mean, what's the is it that what Mitchell Johnson is doing is playing himself into contention <laughs> and then hopefully it'll just be rubbish again when it comes to the...
1: Well, yeah, he's the type of bowler that, on his day, he's unbelievably good, and he has done it against England before.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
1: Um, in Perth in the last series. And if he bowls like that, he will be a massive weapon. But you wonder about what he's got upstairs and whether the Barmy army, I mean, in his head, not like like whether he's going to be able to produce under pressure from the Barmy army. Because yeah, that I mean, was the a, problem he had, wasn't it? He's a crowd favourite in many ways, isn't he? <laughs> he bowls <laughs> to the left, he bowls to the right, etc. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: they have also got, Australia, a, a potential problem in their batting. Mike Hussey has just announced his retirement. So Half the press, there. Well, absolutely. You heard it here first. Except <laughs> <with Doran laughs> Crickin, so it'll problem. be about a week after, probably, <laughs> by the time this goes up. Um, but that leaves a, a massive hole, I think a much bigger hole than, than Ponting's absence leaves. As we've said, Michael Clark has had an astonishing year, but arguably there are problems at every other position in the batting <laughs> order. The selectors are going to sort of hope that Warner and Cowan come good at the top, hope that Phil Hughes comes good at three, um, maybe look to move Michael Clark to four, hope that Watson settles in at 6 maybe give Kawajira a chance at 5 hope he settles in that involves quite a bit of hoping mm. and uh it's a batting lineup that could one day be brilliant but right now it looks a little bit fragile and yeah the england bowling attack will feel they've got the better of
0: them yeah particularly at the top isn't it i mean you know warner's done some kind of put in some amazing say-waggy performances, hasn't he? Uh, Is that 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 an adjective? I don't know. Uh, I mean, just the other day, what did he smash? I mean, Australia were were almost past Sri Lanka by the end of day one, batting second, uh, largely thanks to just explosive start from one If he can do that, then that's great. But I think from an England fan's perspective, again, I can't see England struggling to take early wickets in any of those test matches this year, next year.
1: Australian fans might like to sort of cut those Sound bites, And then they can always... Play them back to me. Play them back. At some (laughs) point in the... (laughs) In the the future. Are you going to go to any of the Ashes Tests? Go Tried. You you do live in London? I do. I don't know if we mentioned this. (laughs) Famously.
2: Famously live in London. I did try... Uh, I registered for the Oval ballot, but it was so confusing to try and get <laughs> tickets for it that I ended up in like I ended up reserving a ticket in the wheelchair section, and then it asked me for like a proof of disability. Wonder obviously, obviously, obviously messed that up, <laughs> and then I went to refresh it and I lost my reservation. Oh, so uh, I'll just go stand outside the ground, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just hear, hear, hear the roar through. of the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I would like to go. I might 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 get tickets for Fifth Day. Yeah. Fifth Day Oval, Fifth Day Lords, if it goes to it.
1: Well, Fifth Day Oval because it Oval's the Last game of the series, right? Yeah, so it could be unbelievable fifth day oval.
2: Fingers crossed. I think there are still tickets for the New Zealand ones, that might be a good
1: entry. Where's the, the summer? Oh, what New Zealand at Lords, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a good idea actually. Maybe we should go over. So, me, you, craig just lad about in London for a while and then go and uh, go and lad our way to the uh to the test match.
2: Well, me and Tone did go to the the opening test at Lords a few summers ago, got the most sunburnt. I've yeah. ever, have, ever done, and yeah, it was
0: end of February. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it, was it was like <laughs> yeah.
2: it was like the first week of May, and I went there with sort of three or four layers and a coat, and we came out at the end as red as lobsters.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I went to the first day uh, of an edge basting test, um, in like two thousand and six, I think. Yeah, you just don't expect to have to use sun cream, and i yeah, I've never been more sunburned. And that and it's really embarrassing because in early May, nobody else is sunburned. <laughs> yeah,
2: being sunburned is one of the most embarrassing things. <laughs> yeah. like if you're sunburned on your face, because everyone's looking at you, being like, Oh, oh, we know what happened to this guy. And it's just so it's like when you get a new haircut and someone's like, Oh, you had a haircut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I had a haircut.
2: It's the same with sunburn. Oh, you got
1: sunburned. Uh, well, yeah, let's move this on, shall we? Uh, and talk about. West Indies, maybe everyone's favourite story of the year was uh, the the West Indian World 2020 win. Definitely deserved to win that tournament, didn't they? I mean, there was nothing sort of fortuitous about it. Uh, They've got some of the best T20 players in the world in their ranks and they produced an incredible performance in the final... It looked like it was going to be an absolute thrashing. Well, I can't even remember what they were, like 38 for 5 mm. after 10 overs. I mean, I've plucked those numbers out of the air. I think that sort of conveys the trouble they were in. Uh, and then ended up winning very comfortably to beat Sri Lanka, who were at home. I mean, it was, it was, an, it was an amazing display. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really kind of pleased every cricket fan in the world that wasn't Sri Lankan.
0: Yeah, and it was, it was a good tournament as well, wasn't it? It was a, that was a good bit of cricket in the year, for sure.
1: Do you enjoy seeing West Indies back at the top table? I mean, we talk about this a lot, don't we? But it's, yeah. there, it's really important for cricket that West Indies are good. I think that's why everyone was so so delighted with their win. Yeah. Great stuff. Um,
0: okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it is interesting, uh, looking back on the uh, year, you know, we, we do tend to kind of have a bit of a test bias, don't we, in the World Creek Show studio. It tends to be the first port of call when it comes to, to discussing anything. You can barely remember an ADI this year. Is that bad? Who does that reflect worse on me or the
1: format? I mean, you can't remember anything <laughs> anyway. But uh, but no, I mean that is yeah. a problem, isn't it? There's no yeah. doubt that certainly from our English perspective, um, fifty over cricket is the poor relation. And you know, actually, England. We didn't when we talked about England, we didn't talk about this at all. But they've had an unbelievably good year in one day international cricket. They they broke the record for most consecutive ODI wins. By an England team hammered Australia at home, hammered West Indies at home, won away in Pakistan, whitewashed Pakistan in uh, in the UAE. England did have an outstanding year, and uh, they were the outstanding side in one-day international cricket on,
0: on results.
1: On the top of the so, rankings yeah. now, yeah.
0: But yeah, I think England won sort of like the forty odd percent of their ODI matches in twenty eleven. And now this year is at eighty five percent. So
1: they've had a phenomenal year in one day cricket, but no one really cares. It just slips under the radar, doesn't it? But it's certainly true that in other parts of the world, it's maybe not quite the other way around. ODIs and tests, but certainly it's given much more prominence. Uh, if we look at some of the other sides around the world, it's been a bad year for India. That's seen the completion of a whitewash in Australia, a disappointing display at the World Twenty Twenty. And then the humiliation of a home defeat by England. They, of course, started that sort of uh, see you at home campaign after the whitewashers in England and Australia. That looks a little bit foolish now. Where do they go from here? I mean, they, they, they need a better year next year, don't
0: they? Yeah, lots to ponder for them and lo- lots of changes to make. Do you think Satchin... Lots of hard decisions to take. Is, is Satchin's time up? It's ticking. It's getting the, like this kind of... If it's the countdown theme, it'd be getting towards the climax, isn't it? <laughs> getting towards the
1: did it, did it. <laughs> yeah. He it.
0: extended that theme across a 20-year t- career. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's definitely in the did it, did it bit. It's <laughs> inevitable. that so, it, would it? be ringing in his ears. I mean, that, I don't know what it's like to be Sachin Tendulkar, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he feels inside. Of that. I don't think he's got long. Though. I think, I think he's he's going to be gone sooner rather than later. Uh, it's difficult because yeah, I mean, he's got to go on his own terms. They can't. They're not going to drop him. You would think if they were, if their top priority was the success of their team and their test team, uh, the BC side, this is not money, but if it was kind of cricketing success, on-pitch success, then you'd think they'd be having a word in his ear saying, you know, yeah, go. He'll jump,
1: he'll jump before yeah. he's
0: pushed. Yeah, but I mean, they It'd well, be, it'd be they a word thing. in his ear say,
1: you have to go, but that, that he would yeah. be the, the one, they'd make it look as though it was his decision. I mean, he has earned the right to play on and on in some ways, but you'd think that he would want to do what's best for the Indian cricket team, and clearly that would be, at this point, him retiring I mean, I, I, because yeah. they're, they're carrying a passenger at number four
0: uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a strange thing that uh so much is made about someone's legacy you know you've they've got to go out on the top. Why color your legacy by by kind of playing on too long and it it, it was interesting with Schumacher's return in f one you know he's he's bowed out again, and Ecclestone said, oh, he shouldn't have come back you know because now there's a whole generation of people that don't have any appreciation of how good he was you know he's he's kind of ruined his he's ruined his legacy but that's just nonsense to me because if if racing an F1 car is the thing that he enjoys most, then why wouldn't you? Even if you're not winning, why wouldn't you carry on doing it? And for Tendulkar, you know, if, if if being in the Indian Test side is still giving him pleasure, then like you say, he's earned the right to stick around a bit. Uh, yeah, I say good for him.
1: I mean, I, I I do agree with that up to a point, but it, it's it's undeniably true that Michael Schumacher's legacy has been tarnished. But then there are lots of other cricketers who played on too long, like Ricky Ponting. And we, at the moment, we don't know what that's done to his legacy. But like Matthew Hayden played on way too long. But people don't remember that so much now because a few years have passed. They just remember how brilliant he was before that. So Yeah,
0: I agree. People will forget the bad, the bad stuff quite quickly.
1: For sure, yeah. So India have had a bad year. Uh, Sri Lanka and New Zealand are two other teams that have had bad years. In test cricket, at least. Uh, Sri Lanka did draw at home to England and beat Pakistan. Uh, but they also drew with New Zealand at home, which is a very bad result, and they have just been thrashed in the Boxing Day test in Australia to lose that series. No shame in losing in Australia, uh, but they surrendered pretty meekly. New Zealand got a good result in Sri Lanka, as I say, uh, but that followed five consecutive test defeats, including losses in the Caribbean and India. Since then, things have gone into meltdown a little bit with the, with the removal of, of Ross Taylor as captain, which as far as I can see was a bad idea executed spectacularly badly. <laughs> so yeah, bad years for both of those sides. Pakistan uh, were absolutely sensational in, in January against England, but have had a more quiet year since then. They need to play more tests, really, don't they? They just, they, they play, I don't actually have the numbers again, but I'm sure they must play the fewest tests of any of the sort of big eight sides. But uh, But they have got a series coming up in South Africa early next year, and that should be a cracker. Can Saeed Ajmal sort of uh, go over there and uh, and run through that that powerful South African batting lineup? If they can get some kind of a result there, they they will have really announced themselves as as one of the best teams in the world. I'm not sure that the Pakistan batting is going to be good enough to stand up to uh, to the South African quicks, but we'll see. It should be a really entertaining series. That a good way to start 2013. Yeah, that's, that is something to look forward to. You do wonder whether because
0: Pakistan don't play that many tests, they played six uh, this year. Which is, you know, four fewer than New Zealand, four fewer than West Indies. And you know, it's not. I guess it doesn't sound that many, but it is in reality a, a full series, isn't it? Fewer. Well,
1: yeah. they played six tests. I mean, that's that's less than half the number that England played. So yeah, the England season. played fifteen tests. They they just need to play more. Uh, right. Well, that's kind of the the review time now for the Worldies, the most prestigious awards in the sport. McCray's up. He's on his feet.
2: Stretch the legs. <laughs>
1: You're too casual. You've been sitting yeah, there really yeah. casual with yeah,
2: your feet yeah, up. I feel I should bring a little more professionalism.
0: <laughs> Come a little closer. Got those, uh, got those like searchlight things outside the studio. You know, I'm just flapping my hands now, doing an impression. You know, you know that people that what people have when there's like a prestigious event taking place. Oh well, like, no, I yeah, can't yeah, <laughs> really,
1: I think yeah. I know what you mean. Like in The Simpsons or something. Yeah, be, exactly. Those lights yeah. go back and
0: forth. Uh, I mean, no one, no one around Genziri really knows what's going on, uh, <laughs> but they'll read about it tomorrow do they not listen live to this is this not going out live i thought that was, that was you told me deal. that's what
2: happened no is yeah. there a button that you could accidentally press
0: and it would go out yeah. live? It's not a button but i could i could you yeah, could, could switch that, it up put the studio to transmit yeah, yeah. don't yeah. get any It'd be funny wouldn't it <laughs> right i've got two awards and two teams There's two of us two here so, is that is me and mccray here is that
1: Co-host of the year <laughs> goes to Gordon McRae on his one appear- for his one appearance. Very well deserved. Already eclipsed the forty uh, <laughs> odd appearances by Kerr. Uh, no, let's kick off with uh, the Test player of the year, and the nominees are Hashim Amla, Michael Clark, Saeed Ajmal, and Rangana Herath. Two batsmen, two spinners. Do you want to know the winner? Nominees is kind of a bit pointless, isn't it? But it's just sort of, you know, including some of the people.
0: Give me a shout
2: out. You You need like a photo, photo, a video montage while you're announcing the names, which is a bit difficult to do in this medium. Gordon's going to open the envelope. Michael Clark. Michael Clark is the winner. Uh, You'll never get a gig. that was (laughs) good that was was really good it was was neutral (laughs) so there there were no surprises then in the
1: audience when it was like oh bowing their heads (laughs) clapping or whatever and also because you don't want to make like Hashim Amalan and and Hiroth feel bad no by if you sound sort of like oh Michael Clark, like inevitably no because then they'd feel a bit like like, I'm a a good mate Michael Clark. <laughs> Mike, the, Michael, Michael
2: Clark? Michael Clark.
1: <laughs> we could Michael Clark, you are from it's, London. Yeah, so. yeah, it's the accent. Uh, but just to say about Michael Clark, I mean, we've talked about him today, but he's ha- he has had uh, an absolutely extraordinary year with about four double centuries, which is a record, the most runs by an Australian in the calendar year, and three of the five highest scores of the year. Two years ago, uh, his career was in disarray. It was absolutely woeful in that home ashes. Question marks over whether he should even be in the team. But he was made captain, and he's just not looked back. And he kind of is Australian cricket now, particularly with Ponting and Hussey retiring. You know, he's the only player that's been around since the kind of glory days. He is everything to Australia now. They've got to keep him fit.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk, talking about before about how people playing on too long can damage their legacy in a legacy in a kind of the eyes of a generation. Uh, it's kind of the reverse of Michael Clarke because I've always assumed, I've always kind of felt Michael Clarke was a bit soft and you know, recently he had, had some poor spells. But for people just getting into cricket, kids getting into cricket this year, they will think Michael Clarke is unstoppable. Absolutely, yeah, uh, quite rightly. You know, and if he does it for a few more years, then
1: yeah, he can, he can, can still end, go down as one of the place. greats for sure. Uh, limited Overs Player of the Year. Uh, I've got no nominees for this. The budget did not stretch <laughs> that far. Uh, but McCrae McRae, have another go at opening an envelope. I thought
0: we could have at least got like maybe, uh, you know, an Olympian in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kath Granger's outside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I've told her to wait because I think McRae needs another go at this. Yeah. <laughs> we could have got the Sark horse riding person. Yeah. That would
2: have been a little more local, more <laughs> realistic than Kath Granger.
1: Carl Hester. And the winner is.
2: Marlon Samuels. Mar- oh, this is,
0: this is still- <laughs> Quick, though. Some, I think somebody at the back missed it.
1: <laughs> that was pretty good. No, was it's was almost was better
2: good. than the Michael Clarke one.
1: Marlon Samuels is the winner. Uh, he's had a, a, a great year in all formats, played maybe the the innings of the year in limited overs cricket, that match-winning knock in the final of the World 2020. That really was one of the great limited overs innings. Without it, arguably that story, the story of the year, as we say, it wouldn't, well, not even arguably, it just wouldn't have happened. But yeah, as I say, he's had a fantastic year in all formats, kind of gone from a a bit of a bits and pieces, forgotten peripheral figure to a genuinely world-class batsman. I've got two teams for you now. Uh, The second team is my team of 2013. I'm going to be picking 11 players that I think you need to watch out for over the next 12 months. Is
0: it possible to have a recap of last year's
1: team? Indeed, because I do this every year. My team of 2012... (laughs) I got three that's names. I got three <laughs> names right. Uh, which as you are bad. Just to give you a preview of, of the team that's coming up. Alistair Cook, Matt Pryor, and Dale Stane, I predicted would be on my team, and they are. I also included Stuart Broad, who's well, he had an all right year but fallen Tails off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, but I also predicted Sean Marsh, and I don't think he played a test match this year. So <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Got that one a bit wrong. Uh, but, it, yeah, let's start with the team of 2012, a composite 11 from the last 12 months. Alistair Cook uh, is opening up with Graham Smith, uh, who scored three hundreds this year and led his side to away victories in England and Australia. Hashim Amla is at number three. Uh, we've, we've talked about him, you know, the, the difference between the sides in England. Uh, Azhar Ali is my number four. He's had a fantastic year, but he's, he's actually been a, a, a key player for Pakistan this year, scored two centuries. In Sri Lanka, Michael Clark's at five. We've said enough about him. Shivn Ryan Chandipool at six, who just keeps scoring runs, keeps occupying the crease. Uh, Matt Pryor has to be the wicket-keeper batsman, doesn't he? Two seamers, Dale Steyn, uh, who's been brilliant again, South Africa's main weapon in England and Australia. Kumar Roach took 39 wickets at an average of 22 in seven test matches this year. Two spinners as well. Rangana Hirath, leading wicket-taker in the world this year with 60 including seven fifers, which is a lot of fifers, uh, and Saeed Ajman as well averaged 20 with the ball, which is by far the best average of anyone in the world this year. Certainly a team to give Kobo uh, Kobo B, you know, run for their money. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got three from South Africa, two from England, two from Pakistan, two from West Indies, one from Australia and one from Sri Lanka. No New Zealanders, no Indians. Is that a reasonably accurate reflection reflection on, on the years that teams have had? Uh, Some honourable mentions, Mohamed Hafiz, Tilakrani Dilshan, Jacques Callis, Michael Hussey, Marlon Samuels, Peter Siddle, Abdurrahman. I'm just covering myself here. Graham Swan, (laughs) Vernon Philander. Uh, But, you know, there's only 11 places. So, unlucky lads. (laughs) Uh, And this is my team of 2013. What I think my team of the year will be in 12 months' time. A shocking selection at number one is Alistair Cook. (laughs) Uh, opening up with him, I've gone for Ajinka Rahani, who's yet to make a test debut. So this is a bit of a bold selection, but I think he will come in. Uh, and I, I think he looks a really good player. Um, Hashim Mamler at three. Uh, Kevin Peterson at four. Michael Clarke again in there at number five. Virat Kohli at six. Uh, Matt Pryor, once again, the wicketkeeper batsman. Uh, then Graham Swan as my spinner. And three seam bowlers, Mitchell Stark, Dale Stane and Steve Finn. What do you think about that? Seems reasonable. Safe, I'd say. Yeah, well, you've got to go safe because what happens is... I pick like a bold team and then you have a go at me <laughs> we're not getting it right it's win-win
0: from where I'm saying
1: uh, no
0: that, that, that seemed pretty reasonable yeah there's some interesting matchups, aren't there this year as we said before I mean it's going to be dominated from our perspective by the Ashes and the Ashes yeah. as well well I've
1: got a lot of English and Australian players in that side um, this is the
0: uh, Champions
1: League T20 as well to look forward to yeah. Again, that'll, be, that'll be a stand can't wait for that <laughs> Much like 2012 itself, I'm afraid to say that this episode of the World Cricket Show is at an end. The episode is at an end, the year is at an end, but you know what isn't at the end is the world. We survived the apocalypse. And well, that's a real high note to end the year on, I think, isn't it? It's a real takeaway. <laughs> another year survived. Did you notice this from people? There was a, there's a slight sense of like mild disappointment that the world didn't end, that mm. the apocalypse didn't happen. It was almost disappointing because I, the apocalypse is one
2: of those things that you almost want to be around for. So when I mean, judging
0: by how it's been represented in the movies, it would be quite spectacular. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking day after tomorrow. Yeah. I'm thinking that's the only one I can think of. I guess. Is yeah,
2: one. I haven't seen that, um, but it looks like quite. <laughs> it looks like quite a laugh. Like <laughs>
1: it looks like quite a laugh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, there's a, there's apocalypse. Just lad about. Just yeah, lad yeah. about just, in the apocalypse. Um, also, it's sort there's,
0: of, lots of, sorry, there's a lot of opportunity as well, uh, judging by the movies, to be a hero. Yeah, yeah. So. to really like, put your name out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are limited
2: opportunities to be a hero in everyday life, yeah. but the apocalypse comes. <laughs> uh, but it was, a re- it was a mild relief. I actually thought The End of the World was on the 12th, so <laughs> I was ecstatic twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we've survived a lot of these now. We've survived Nostradamus. So Nostradamus yeah. is starting to look a little bit silly now, isn't yeah. it? Bit like, If we're talking about legacies that have been tarnished, it's Nostradamus because he had a real shocker towards the end. What but was that, career. 99? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, end of the world. Didn't happen. Where is he now? Dead. Mm. So, his legacy. what does that tell you? Uh, anyway, yeah, that's it for tonight. Have you enjoyed, you enjoyed being in the studio, Gordon? Seeing how the... Uh, I guess you got, you, you know, you've had a little bit of a glimpse behind the scenes here at the World Creek Show, see how we, how we do it, how we produce the magic <laughs> on a weekly basis. How, how did that feel? G- good. Gently underwhelming? Or? You've come up a notch
2: since the, uh, the ad hoc studio that it, that it used to be. Yeah. It's, it's a little more professional. It's good,
1: good tea. Yeah, we'd, <laughs> good we had good company. We had a cup of tea, didn't we? <laughs> Me and you. Not Why totally. not? No. it
2: doesn't, doesn't like tea. I do like tea.
1: You like tea, but just only if it's made by, like, a chef or, like, <laughs> like at a hotel or something. No, I
0: just don't have to. I just don't. I'm the misery of tea, I won't, I won't buy into. I, won't, I don't know. I was such with tea. Uh, Sorry,
1: you've got to be careful now because he's going into one of his stand-up bits. <laughs> yeah, tea. Buckle up, folks. <laughs> on the back of my hand, I've got
0: legacy tea. Uh, <laughs> Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah, written down. Right, get onto the tea. Tea bit. Let me Some do my shit. bit on tea. And then let's get out of here. <laughs> we got lined up for New Year's Eve, lads. Well, that's funny with you guys. Yeah.
2: gonna be fun with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well you look you look really excited about no, that, actually, it. No, actually this
2: is the first this is the first New Year's I've I'm I'm having in Guernsey for three or four years. So I'm looking forward to it. The last one London was comfortably the years, worst. <laughs> no, the last two in Guernsey were comfortably the two worst <laughs> New Years I've ever had. Yeah. Do you know and then I you else? moved to London shortly the, after. That. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, what is worth pointing out though is that subsequent New years have been really good. I yeah. know. I think there's a real. I think there's a I, I wish it hadn't have happened
2: that way, but I think there might be something in it. Definitely um, a correlation. So, so yeah, yeah, buckle up for a miserable
1: New Year's <laughs> with me. I'm sure it'd be fun. Yeah, we'll have a good time. Hope hope all the listeners have good New Years as well. Mm. yeah am right? mm. yeah uh, but yeah that's it for this year but we will be back in a week well me and Tony will uh, with all kinds of things to talk about in the meantime if you like the show uh, then there's all sorts of things that you can do about that uh, if you go to Facebook facebook.com slash cricket show click the like button there uh, follow us on Twitter as well twitter.com slash cricket show you can also follow Tony on Twitter that's at Tony Kavur T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R <laughs>
0: It's a thankless kind of <laughs> endeavour, isn't it?
1: Yeah. But yeah, I will try that. Don't get much for your money. Uh, it be, yeah. No. Tony Account. You can follow Gordon as well. What's your Twitter handle?
2: It's G underscore McRae. A little more active than, than Kerr.
0: News resolutions for me, uh, read a book and tweet more. I might quit Twitter in
2: 2013. Really? Yeah. You're getting Weighing order? it up, yeah. It's just another thing to think about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> so follow, don't follow me. Follow Gordon if he's still there. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes as well. Uh, we really appreciate all of those. Uh, you can send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. If you go to our website, www.cricketshow.net, you can order a World Cricket Show t shirt there. Maybe if you asked for one for Christmas and you didn't get it, you can buy one for yourself. Uh, I mean, it's a big item, I think, uh, for 2013, isn't it? The World Cricket Show t shirt. The defining garment of 2013. But that is it. Stay in school, everyone. We will see you next year. I'll be a bit fresher next year, Adam. That's my other resolution: be less tired. Oh, Right, I thought you meant you'd have like fresher material. <laughs> <than the> stuff <laughs> about tea.
0: Enough times passed, I can now go start getting some material. Some of the material I had back in the early days. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trotting that out. Just recycle <laughs> some of your old bags. Great. Bye. Happy New Year. <laughs> can smell your fear, ba 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 ba